Hello, listeners and citizens of Broncos country. My name is Adan Diaz, and welcome to another episode of Broncos Talk. And man, do we have a lot to talk about today. I mean, shit. If you told me a month ago or so that things were going to be this fucking bad, I probably would have laughed at you and told you to get the hell out of my face, but I probably would have made a stupid bet saying that it wouldn't, and then I'd be standing or sitting here talking to you and probably paying off some debt that I owe. So, you know, it's, it's rare when you see a lot of injuries in the NFL, especially injuries of this caliber, and only in week two, mind you. And so many players that, that, are not, that are not just Broncos themselves, but just all over the league, whether they were season-ending injuries or, you know, two to six weeks or three to eight weeks or what have you. It's just, I mean, it, it, it sucks. It really does. And it kind of makes me, well, it, actually, I should say, it made me kind of if I had a time machine to go back and punch myself when I used to go around saying that you know why is there preseason it doesn't count we don't need it blah 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 and now I man I I mean even though I'm still at a loss for words even though I've practiced this speech so many times I still end up going blah 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 (laughs) um but we, the the missing of preseason, I had no idea that it would have this type of ramifications on not just the Broncos themselves, but all over the fucking NFL. And I, uh, there can there can be no doubt about it next season. In case the COVID, this whole COVID thing is still running rampant, and you know things don't improve, and we're still playing in stadiums with no fans or what have you are limited there's got to be some preseason because there, there, there's no way that fans and players themselves can go through a whole nother year of this systemic bullshit <laughs> because let's face it I mean the way the, the way the Broncos are going we're probably going to end up with only third squad guys by the end of the season if these injuries keep mounting up and what and the thing that sucks about injuries the most is the fact that it drives people crazy it not only drives them crazy it makes them crazy it makes them delusional so and by that i mean is just how because of this just this past Steelers game which we'll get into detail about it just it seems like it just straight divided up broncos country and it, we, the further you look into it, it kind of just segregates into almost different divisions at that, where you have people talking about, you know, that's the season. There's no point in playing any of our starters. Uh, tank for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Broncos suck and this and that. It's, it's all just like negative shit. And it, the thing that it, it fucks with me or bothers me is just that you know why why after two weeks do you come to this conclusion i mean if if you're a diehard broncos fan you are with this team and not just for the starters but for the second guys the the third round guys and hell even the fourth round guys who you hardly ever see play or you know they get rotated around practice squad and what have you now they're all wearing the exact same uniform as the guys who start Okay, their uniform is not different from the other one. The only thing that's different is the number and the name on their backs. But the logo is still the same. So let me just tell you right now, if anybody within the sound of my voice is no longer a Broncos fan, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, and you want to get rid of all your shit, you can send it to me. I'll gladly, I'll take care of it. I'll clean it i'll sanitize it and whatever i don't keep i'll see if i can get somebody else but don't throw it away and don't go around calling yourself a diehard fan either because that's just going around spreading bullshit on your behalf if you're a diehard fan of this denver broncos team then you're with this team through the good and the bad and i know i've said that before 
Now, unfortunately, we haven't had that much good, especially lately. And that sucks. But injuries are a part of the game. Now, what's fucked up about it is it seems that injuries is just kind of just being a little fucking greedy right now. And that sucks. But it's it still doesn't mean that this team can't be great. It's still into it's still I'm stumbling on my own words. <laughs> it still means that it's next man up. Okay. Now let's start with Drew Lock. Drew Lock got hurt, and he got hurt on a play. Which the more I see it, the more I kind of don't. I I don't really understand what he was trying to do. In terms of, uh, it looked like he tried to maybe do a spin move or, or keep himself from, uh, you know, hitting the ground and, and getting sacked. But by him trying to keep the play going, he didn't, I'm pretty sure he didn't see Bud Dupree coming from behind him just to, to hit him again. And not just hit him, but land on top of him and cause him to injure his shoulder. So sometimes... You need to you need to know when to just you know take a hit or or if you're gonna go down go down don't don't always try to be that Deshaun Watson type of guy where you know you spin around three fucking times and you're still standing and then you throw the ball. Um, I know there was a play where Jeff Driscoll kind of did that and at first I was like yeah okay you didn't get hurt but then when I saw the replay and there was a wide open fucking KJ Hamler just sitting in the in the end zone, I was like, oh, fuck, you should have just thrown it. But <laughs> uh, I mean, either way, Drew Locke is not done for the year. OK, folks, he's just injured for the next. What was it? Three to six weeks, maybe eight. Who knows, depending on how his uh, recovery goes. But let, let, first of all, hats off to Jeff Driscoll for going out there and putting up a hell of a fight i know i gave you a bit of shit in training camp but i mean by my in my own defense though i was mostly going off from what i read from scout reports uh from people that were reporting from that were allowed to uh, tell us fans that we weren't able to see ourselves through cameras what they were seeing and i mean yeah there were plays where driscoll got hit or sacked more than i would have liked for any normal being it, it kind of gave and like a joe flacco-esque type of vibe from last year where you just where you just saw joe get hit just because he like he was rooted to the ground and he had nowhere to go but he did put up a, a hell of a fight he almost brought us a victory in a game that after Julak went down i'm pretty sure we were all thinking you know here come the steelers they're just gonna run amok they're gonna blow us out and it's gonna be a, a really really fucking depressing flight back to to denver for the boys but they hung in there and despite the the last two like really head scratching calls by i want to say it was from pat Shermer, and i don't know about you guys but on that last play I was literally screaming at my TV, throw the fucking ball. Don't get sacked. Even if you just, I mean, make some type of effort. I, I don't know what Jeff was looking at, but I don't know if he was looking towards the end field. I mean, he only needed, what, two yards? Two yards. And he, <sighs> I, I got to stop thinking about it before I, 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 I say something I regret, but it it we we're going forward and by the way in case you haven't noticed or figured it out yet the broncos went on and signed blake bortles so blake bortles i'm gonna go out on a limb and say is the backup to jeff driscoll uh until julak comes back and then i don't know where they're gonna put uh bortles um he's on for the team for the year so he's got to go somewhere um but uh you know, it, 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 to me, it doesn't really bother me because I know Blake Bortles has been kind of that quarterback that's just been floating around from Jacksonville to the Rams last year, I believe it was. And now he's with the Broncos. And I mean, you can't say he's one of the worst quarterbacks, backups quarterbacks we ever had because, you know, we've had Mark Sanchez on this team. We've had Joe Flacco on this team, even though he wasn't a backup. We've had Case Keenum on this team, even though he wasn't a backup. We've had Brock Osweiler on this team, former Super Bowl champion. 
even though well actually he was a backup so anyway the point is is that these two guys <clears throat> have a bit they've got a lot of weight on their shoulders well more so Driscoll than than Bortles because Bortles has got a lot of catching up to do and trying in terms of trying to learn the offense and you know kind of see how this team that whatever team we have left it can you know can kind of gel together and put out some type of of uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh initiative let's go with initiative some type of initiative to go out there and say hey we're not done yet this team is not beaten not by a long shot and when you're in the same division as the current Super Bowl champions and up and coming team in the Las Vegas Raiders and the Chargers who may have as much as you don't want to hear it and I hate saying it may have struck gold with their uh, quarterback from uh, that they just drafted Justin Herbert it's it, it makes a comeback that much harder to achieve and by comeback I mean for the for the Broncos to turn this ship around and you know go out and split try to go out and split a, a, a game a division game with both with all three of those teams and you know, not get swept by the Chargers or not get swept by the Raiders and not get swept by the Chiefs again. But it's not impossible. And that's the one thing that fans have to realize. As long as there's a guy throwing a football, whether it's Driscoll, Locke, or Blake Bortles, there's still hope. And you guys have to keep hope, especially in a time right now where there are no fans the Broncos don't have that home energy that they're, you know, normally used to where they can draw from the crowd you know to get some kind of momentum going so again if you're not a diehard fan if you cannot support whoever is uh you know getting throwing the ball then i suggest you go join one of those bandwagon teams you know one of the teams that are probably taking bandwagon applications <laughs> you know go to seattle go to baltimore the the chiefs uh you know spin a wheel pick a team good luck to you but if you're still listening to this and it, it's going to be a hard road, it is not going to be easy. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it for you, but that doesn't mean that you cannot keep hope alive. Okay. Let me say that again. Keep hope alive. So actually, before we go on to the Steelers game, um, Steelers, the Broncos game, let me just address one more issue. And that's the one that I've been seeing a lot uh, today. And that was about why Denver decided to, to go with uh, Blake Bortles and not somebody like Kaepernick. Unfortunately, Kaepernick was, in, in, in case you didn't know, he was actually pursued by Elway back in 2016. The back when, I don't know if it was 2014 or 2015, one of those years or 16, where he was heavily pursued by John Elway, but... The, the 49ers wouldn't budge and uh that may be the only time you ever see john elway have any type of interest in in kaepernick i i don't think that and, and not and i'm not trying to say anything bad about kaepernick and everything he's done um in his career but i just don't think that kaepernick is backup material I think that if Kaepernick ever does get a shot at coming back into the league, I think he deserves a shot at starting for, you know, for one of those really bad teams like the Jets or uh, I was going to say Cincinnati, but they have Burrow. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have Tua Tuagola. You know, who knows where Matt Stafford lands next year with uh, with the Lions. But I, I would, or yeah, I was going to say the Giants, but you know they have Daniel Jones and even though the Giants are also playing like shit uh, at least Daniel Jones has shown some flashes of brilliance here and there but I mean I, I but that's just my personal opinion you know bringing even if Denver wanted to bring in Kaepernick he would only be like a really short temporary temporary solution and I I just don't think that Kaepernick wants to even be 
brought in as a backup. I think he wants to prove that he can still, you know, go as a starter. And that, I mean, that's a whole different story towards it. But that just to me, that's my personal opinion. I think that we'll be fine with just Bortles and Driscoll leading the front as long as one of those two can try to, if, if we can try to get a decent game out of Driscoll like he did against the Steelers. And I know we have a really tough one coming up against Tampa Tampa Bay and uh, Tom Brady. But we you, you just have to keep hope that these guys can, you know, steer this ship the right way. So going towards the game. Uh, I mean, the this the Steelers were favored to to win from the start. The Denver didn't when they went in as the underdog as always. So let's start with uh, first quarter. In the first quarter, the Broncos had the ball, and in the very first play, Drew Lock got a nice twenty yard pass to Cortland Sutton for twenty yards. It was a really good pass. And then in the next one, it was an incomplete pass to Jerry Judy. It was down the middle. Then Gordon went for seven yards. Then it was a four-yard penalty on uh, it's, uh, Patrick. No, no, defensive pass interference. Sorry. And then it was a negative yard run by Melvin Gordon. Then it was another incomplete pass. From Drew Locke to Nick Vanette. Now, Nick Vanette, I don't know why he is so favored over Fant sometimes in some of these uh, plays. The man, there's a reason why he's not playing on the opposite team anymore. And I think we're starting to see why. It really, I I mean, it it really, I, I just don't get it. I don't think Vanette has done anything to show that he can be <clears throat> anything better than if Denver would have just kept uh, Jeff Hireman. Actually, I think Vanette is so far is, is worse than Hireman. At least Hireman has touched the ball a couple times before he got hurt somehow. <laughs> and anyway, the next play, it was another incomplete pass to Sutton. And then the Broncos were forced to punt. And the ball went to the Steelers. So in the very first play for the Steelers, Roethlisberger fumbles the ball, but unfortunately was recovered by the offense for no gain. Shelby Harris was almost there, if I'm not mistaken. One of the defensive linemen almost had a hand on it, but unfortunately they couldn't get to it. Then in the second play, it was an eight-yard run down the middle for James Conner. And then it was an eight-yard pass to Juju Smith for eight yards who was being guarded by Ojemudia. And unfortunately, that's as far as they got because then they punted back to Denver and Spencer went for six yards. Now, here comes the drive that started to almost seal the fate for this team. And it was a... They started... The Broncos started off with a six-yard run for Melvin Gordon. Then it was a 17-yard run by Melvin Gordon and then it was a 16 yard run by Melvin Gordon now this was really good because Melvin Gordon was actually putting his feet to use and in the next play he came out for uh, a breather but this is exactly what Denver has to do especially since we don't have Lindsay right now who's still healing from uh, turf toe is every chance that Denver can get that where they can push Gordon down and you know try to get some some yardage and give the wide receivers a breather, we have to take it, him or Freeman. And anyway, in the next pass, it was an incomplete pass to Tim Patrick from Drew Locke. Then in the next play was a three-yard run from Royce Freeman, and this is the play where Drew Locke gets hurt. He was sacked for negative 11 yards by Bud Dupree. As Locke was going down, he fumbled the ball. It was recovered by the uh, the defense and ran back for eight yards. Now, on that play, uh, Turnstile Wilkinson uh, just lets Watt, TJ Watt blow, blow past him. Locke tried to scramble, and while he was scrambling, I don't think he saw Bud Dupree 
uh, beat his guy. And Dupree just came and tried to take him down. Drew Locke tried to spin around on his arm. But unfortunately, Dupree was able to get to him again and bring him down for the sack. And when Dupree didn't just sack him, he landed on top of Drew Locke. And that led to uh, the, uh, the turnover. And as soon as Drew Locke was kind of grabbing that arm, I was like, oh, my God, that, that, that's, that's probably the game. <laughs> Along with a couple of other bad words that I said. <laughs> anyway, so the Steelers take over. Uh, Roethlisberger goes out for a 15-yard pass to Eric Ebron. And then he goes out for an 8-yard pass to Juju. Then he goes out for a 5-yard pass to James Washington. Then he goes for an incomplete pass to Deontay Johnson. Then Connor goes for an 11-yard run. Then Roethlisberger goes uh, incomplete pass to Eric Ebron down the middle. Uh, Roethlisberger then again goes incomplete to Deontay Johnson, who's being guarded by Ojemudia. Then Roethlisberger completes an 18-yard pass to Juju, and Juju takes it all the way to the Denver 2. And Connor just goes up the middle for two yards, and it's a touchdown. And then Boswell kicks the extra point. So Steelers go up 7-0 on the Broncos on a play where Juju uh, went, got more yardage than he should. And unfortunately, uh, A.J. Johnson couldn't bring him down quick enough before Kareem got there and prevented the, the touchdown. So on the next drive, uh, Steelers kick off. Uh, Denver grabs the ball. They go for a one-yard run by Melvin Gordon. And on this play, Driscoll goes to Jerry Judy for 20 yards. Really good. Now, if I may pause here for a second, there's going to be a lot of... I want to say this. I think that Driscoll and Judy are going to have a pretty good uh, connection going forward simply because I think that Judy spent a little bit more time with the second rep guys before he got promoted to first rep with Locke. So Judy and Locke haven't gotten that that gel feel yet. But I think that as long as Judy can, you know, keep from dropping a ball, I think him and Driscoll can do can do some damage. I really do. So going back to the play-by-play, the next play is a nine-yard run by KJ Hamler. And then it was a negative two-yard run by Gordon. Then Driscoll tried to pass, but it was incomplete to Cortland Sutton. And that was a fourth down. So, unfortunately, uh, the, the ball is punted back to Pittsburgh. And on this play, uh, Snell goes for two yards. Then Roethlisberger gets sacked for 10 yards which was beautiful. It was Mike Purcell. I love that guy. Him and and, uh, and, and our D-line, those guys, uh, Casey, all you guys, you guys are doing. You're not getting any help, that much help from the edges as as much as we'd like to, to say, but I, I do appreciate the guy, the work you guys are doing, although there are times where it's like it can be better and it has to get better. Um, the pass was then incomplete down the middle to Jalen Samuels and that was fourth down so Steelers punted the ball back to Denver and on this play Judy goes back or I'm sorry Driscoll goes to Judy for 19 yards again I'm pretty sure you're going to be seeing a lot of these type of plays between Driscoll and Judy because they're going to have some good gel they're going to have some good gel and on the next play, uh, it's, a, it's a flag on Van Nett for false start. So they go back five yards. And on the next play, Driscoll gets sacked by Pittsburgh for minus eight yards. Then Melvin Gordon gets uh, uh, pushed back for negative two yards. And then Driscoll just gets a one-yard pass to Cortland Sutton. And unfortunately... Uh, it was fourth down, fourth and 24, but McManus was able to hit a 49-yard field goal. So the Broncos are on the board, 7-3. On the next play, 
Brandon McManus kicks a 58 yard uh, kicks a 58 yards to the Steelers, and the Steelers take the field. The first play for the Steelers, they go seven yard pass to James Washington, and then Connor goes for a three yard run, and then Roethlisberger passes to uh, Deontay Johnson for 10 yards. And on this play, Connor tries to go up the middle, but unfortunately, there's a penalty on Vance McDonald. So for offensive holding, they go back minus six. Then on the next play, Roethlisberger gets an 18-yard pass to Deontay Johnson for 18 yards. I don't know if I remember saying that. Uh, Then the next play, Roethlisberger goes for an incomplete pass down the middle to Vance McDonald, who was his target. Then on the next play, Roethlisberger goes incomplete again to James Washington. And then on third and 10, Roethlisberger again goes incomplete towards the middle for Deontay Johnson. So that means that the Steelers punt the ball back to the Broncos. So the Broncos get the ball, and on the first on their first run, Melvin Gordon goes for two yards. Then on the next play, Driscoll goes incomplete to the right side. Then on the next play, Driscoll goes towards Jerry Judy again for 15 yards. But unfortunately, Jay, uh, Judy was uh, injured during this play, so he had to come out and get looked at by the medical staff. So on the next play, Driscoll goes incomplete. Then on the next play, Gordon goes for six yards. And then on this next play, Driscoll gets sacked again for negative eight. And uh, Driscoll just couldn't escape uh, that the, the, the sacks it was crazy uh, I think in all the Steelers had I believe 7 or 8 sacks on the day so the Broncos are forced to punt on 4th and 12 uh, Sam Martin punts it all the way to their 10 yard line oh no this is where um, the I think it was Deontay Johnson would have he he got by his special teams and he went all the way to the end zone but the pen, the touchdown was nullified by a penalty by an illegal block from the Steelers special team so that negated a, a run up a punt a punt return touchdown so on this Steelers drive Roethlisberger he just I mean. <laughs> He, Roethlisberger just throws an, uh, a, a, deep paw, a deep pass to Claypool, and Claypool takes it to the house for 84 yards. Um, it looked like maybe he may have stepped out of bounds, but unfortunately Claypool was in bounds, and he just turned on the Jets, and Ojemudia was trying to maybe look for an offensive passer interference call, which is what, if you see the replay, you can kind of see him try to motion to. But unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way. And whoops, I opened something that wasn't supposed to. <laughs> so, and with, uh, where are we? Lost my place. <laughs> so with that, the Broncos are already down even more points. So uh, the Broncos get the ball and Driscoll goes towards the right. For, um, for a 45-yard pass. It was a beautiful bomb to uh, Cortland Sutton, one of Driscoll's best plays of the day. Then in the next play, Driscoll gets sacked for 10 yards. Then in the next play, Driscoll goes incomplete uh, in the middle for De- De- uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Then in the next play, Driscoll goes incomplete towards Hamler in the middle. And then Brandon McManus tries to go for a 58-yard field goal, but unfortunately goes way towards the right, and it's no good. And the Steelers take over on downs. So, when the Steelers drive, Connor goes towards the right guard for two-yard gain. He ran into Casey. And then in the next play, there's a 10-yard penalty. So it's minus yards. Uh, minus 10 yards for offensive holding. Then on the next play, it's a two-yard run by Connor down the middle. And the next play, it's a nine-yard pass from Roethlisberger to Deontay Johnson. Then on the next play, it's a negative five-yard penalty for a delay of game on the Steelers, which forces the uh, Steelers to punt back to 
the Broncos. The Broncos get the ball, and on the very first play, Driscoll throws it to Corlin Sutton in the middle, but unfortunately Sutton bobbles it midair. The ball spins in the air for like five seconds, and it's easily picked off by Joe Hayden, who was behind uh, Corlin Sutton. And Hayden took it back for uh, 24 yards before he was tackled. And I believe on this play, this was the play where uh, Corlin Sutton got hurt again. And he had to be pulled out. So, the, the interception gives the ball back to the Steelers. And the Steelers are already in Denver territory. So, uh, Roethlisberger and this drive, he gets a six-yard pass. Then James Conner goes on a three-yard run in the next play. Then Connor tries to go down the middle again, but he runs into a uh, whole lineman of Broncos, so it's a negative one, and that forces the Steelers to go for the field goal. And there's almost uh, there's about 32 seconds left on the clock. Broncos get the ball back. Driscoll goes uh, he goes for a 17-yard pass to KJ Hamler, and. Then he goes for in the next play goes for an incomplete pass to KJ Hamler. Then Driscoll gets sacked for negative ten yards. And then in the next play, Driscoll gets uh, an incomplete pass to Tim Patrick. And then there's also a penalty on the offensive for offensive pass interference, which was declined. And then the Broncos punt the ball back to the Steelers, and the Steelers get the ball with only seven seconds left. But and Steelers didn't want to. They were too far away to do anything and not that much time left. So Roethlisberger just takes a knee and it goes into halftime. So what are my thoughts about that first half? Well, I'll tell you all about it after this ad break. So we'll be right back after these fine words. And we're back. If you're just joining us, I uh, just did the entire first half uh, recap. And before we go into the second half recap, let me just say that first half was, I mean, it almost made you want to turn your TV off if you were a Broncos fan because you were just sitting there thinking like, oh my God, there's there's no way that the Broncos can come back and, and win this game. I mean, we kept getting sacked. We kept getting pushed back. It just... Like, it almost felt like there was no way to win. And it almost felt helpless. But, you know, me as a Broncos fan, even though I kept cursing every time Driscoll gets sacked or, or some, some negative pass happened, I never gave up hope. I kept thinking, you know, maybe these guys can find uh, some, some type of motivation coming out of that locker room, you know, and say, you know, get your heads out of your asses. We can still win this. We can get this upset. And, you know, we can go back home winners. So I was still keeping hope alive. I wasn't I wasn't really trying to keep that the idea that, you know, the Steelers were going to blow this game out of the water. I still felt like this team can can they had the chances. I mean, if you notice how many times I said that the Steelers punted the ball back. You would have figured that, you know, it was a squandered opportunity from the Broncos of them not being able to put any points up from every single time. And that that sucks. <laughs> so we go into the third quarter and the Steelers kick off as they get the ball. And on the very first play, the Steelers go for a two yard run by James Conner, but nothing. Oh, only two yards, so it's almost like nothing. <laughs> then Roethlisberger goes for a nine-yard pass to James Conner down the middle. Then in the next play, uh, Conner goes for a negative two-yard run as he gets pushed back by Simmons. Then in the next play, Roethlisberger goes for a negative four-yard pass. And then in the next play, Roethlisberger was dancing in the in the pocket because he felt like he was... I don't know, maybe having a Tom Brady moment and he was just standing there dancing and dancing and looking and looking. Then he throws the ball and he gets intercepted by Justin Simmons, a man who we almost had no idea was in the Titans game a week ago. So it was it was great to see 
that interception. It gave the guys momentum. It gave the team life. It gave the team hope that, I mean, you were like, come on, guys. We cannot we cannot get off this field without getting some points. Let's go for that touchdown. Don't settle for a field goal. So the Broncos come in as a takeover at the Pittsburgh 41. Uh, the first play, Melvin Gordon goes for two yards. Then in the next play, Driscoll goes for an incomplete pass to Nick Vanette. Again, where the fuck is Fant? In the next play, Driscoll goes for a 13-yard pass to K.J. Hamler. So it's good. It's good. Then in the next play, Gordon tries to run in the middle, but unfortunately, he only goes for a yard. Then in the next play, Gordon goes towards the left, but he only gets for three yards. Then in the next play, Driscoll goes for a short pass to Noah Fant. Oh, there he is. For 18 yards, he was taken down by Minka Fitzpatrick, and the Broncos get some more yardage because of a horse collar tackle performed by uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick. And then in the next play, Driscoll gets sacked once again for negative six yards. It just sucks. It, even though I already know what happened, it sucks just reading that shit. Then in the next play, Driscoll goes for an incomplete pass to Noah Fant. Then in the next play, Driscoll goes in for an incomplete short pass to Melvin Gordon. And that means that the Broncos unfortunately couldn't get any, uh, couldn't get a touchdown, but they settled for a field goal and it was good. So on the next drive, the Broncos kicked the ball back to the Steelers. And in the first, in their first play, the, it was an incomplete pass to Washington. Then in the next play, Roethlisberger goes for a two-yard pass to Deontay Johnson. Then in the next play, it was a penalty uh, for a neutral zone infraction on Chubb, who kind of got a little antsy. So, gave the Steelers five yards. On the next play, Roethlisberger goes for a four-yard pass to Jalen Samuels. Then on the next play, Roethlisberger goes for an 11-yard pass to Deontay Johnson. Then in the next play, Roethlisberger goes for a 10-yard pass to James Washington. Then in the next play, Roethlisberger goes for a 2-yard pass to Deontay Johnson. Then on the next play, Roethlisberger goes for a pass short left to J.J. Uh, Smith-Schuster. Juju. I don't know why I said J.J. <laughs> and it's 3rd and 2. Roethlisberger goes for a pass to Juju, but it went for no gain. And then the Steelers tried to go for it on 4th down which was really brave but it was an incomplete pass to Eric Ebron so the Broncos get the ball a turnover on downs which is great because it was in their own territory so the Broncos take over at their own 35 and the first play Gordon goes for a run but he doesn't gain anything he stopped at the line then on the next play Driscoll goes for an 8 yard pass to Jerry Judy yeah, there's that man again. Keep throwing it to him because I love reading his name. Next play, Driscoll goes for an incomplete pass to Jerry Judy. But there was a penalty on Pittsburgh for defensive pass interference. So that gives Denver five yards and the first down. So next play, Robert, uh, Robert Royce Freeman goes up the middle for four yards. Then Royce Freeman again gets a nice 13-yard run towards the left. And next play, Driscoll goes for an incomplete pass to Jerry Judy, who was covered. And next play, Driscoll goes for an incomplete pass to Nick Vanette. I don't know why. But the Broncos get lucky. They get a roughing the passer call against uh, Pittsburgh. So they get 15 yards. Then next play, Driscoll goes for a nice deep pass left, uh, deep left pass. Noah Fant for 20 yards and it's a touchdown and then they go the Broncos go for the two-point conversion which was great and you know now we're in business these these boys are you know they're putting in the work and now we're only just down by three points 14 to 17 and we just needed our defense you know to step up and get us that uh, get us that uh, you know keep get us the ball back so the offense can go back but unfortunately, the Steelers had other plans. As they get the ball, then they start their drive. The very first play for the Steelers, they go 21 yards from a deep middle pass to Eric Ebron. Next play, Snell goes up for three. 
Next play, Roethlisberger goes for an 8-yard pass to Claypool. Next play, Roethlisberger goes for a short pass, but it's a negative 4 yards because Claypool gets sacked backwards, or uh, tackled backwards, I mean. Then next play, goes for a 5-yard pass to JJ. Uh, JJ, I gotta stop saying that. To uh, Juju. And next play, Roethlisberger goes for a 7-yard pass to Ebron again. Next play, Roethlisberger goes for a short uh, three-yard pass to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Next play, James Conner goes for a four-yard run, and he's tackled down by the defense. Next play, which was the unfortunate big play, Roethlisberger goes for a deep pass to Deontay Johnson for 28 yards. Deontay Johnson makes a leaping catch, and he beats Ojemudi in coverage. And it's a touchdown for the Steelers. And they go for the extra point. And the Steelers go up 24 to 14. Now, that's and and that ends the third quarter. Now, before we go into the fourth quarter, let me just say that uh, while I do admire the <clears throat> the energy and the commitment that Ojemudi has been putting towards the team, especially from last week, uh, I I do think that. He, he, uh, I mean, he, he's still a rookie and in this game it showed. So he's still got a lot to learn and he's, he's got to learn from his mistakes. And in this game, he made two very big mistakes. He gave up two touchdowns. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know why he boss. I don't know why they brought up Bosby and they didn't even play him. So, but I mean that's that's probably a different story for a different for a different day. So we go into the fourth quarter. Broncos get the ball, and in the first uh, for the very first play in this drive, Driscoll goes incomplete to KJ Hamler. The next play, Driscoll goes for negative two yards with Gordon and a pass. Next play, Driscoll goes towards the middle to Fant, but it's only for a yard. And on fourth and eleven. Uh, I guess Sam Martin fumbled the ball and he tried to run, but unfortunately he got sacked and it led to a safety. Gives the Steelers two points and now they're up 26 to 14. Which gives the ball back to the Steelers. And in the very first play for the Steelers, Snell fumbles the ball and is recovered by Shell, uh, by Kareem Jackson, sorry. The fumble was caused by Shelby Harris, but it was recovered by Kareem Jackson. So the Broncos have the ball after that, you know, horrid, horrid uh, play and giving up two points. So the Broncos get the ball back at their own 46. And in the very first play, Melvin Gordon goes for minus nine yards after, uh, hey, guess who's back? It's good old Hold'em Garrett Bowles. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks for the negative yardage. We missed you next play Driscoll goes towards the right for KJ Hamler who goes for 18 yards so he gets most of that yardage back then in uh, next play Driscoll goes for an incomplete pass to Nick Van Nett, but there is a penalty on the defense for pass interference so Denver gets awarded those nine yards gives them the first and ten next play Driscoll scrambles to the left and he ran out of bounds but he got three yards Next play, Driscoll goes for an incomplete pass to Deshaun Hamilton. Next play, uh, Driscoll goes for a short pass to Tim Patrick in the middle for uh, nice 17 yards. Next play, Driscoll goes deep right to Melvin Gordon for a beautiful 16-yard. I think, believe it was a wheel route, but it was it was perfectly lobbed and, and executed. And the Broncos get the touchdown. And the, the extra point by McManus is good. And the Broncos are only down by five. So, the Steelers get the ball. Roethlisberger goes for a 12-yard pass in his very first play to uh, Deontay Johnson. Next play, Roethlisberger goes for a 3-yard pass to Vance McDonald. Next play, Roethlisberger goes incomplete to Deontay Johnson. And also, again, incomplete on the next play as he went to Deontay Johnson again. Which forces the Steelers to punt the ball back to the Broncos on 4th and 7th. And this is the drive where the Broncos needed to score to take the lead. So the Broncos get the ball back with 4.17 left on the clock. 
Uh, very first play, Melvin Gordon goes for a 10-yard run. Next play, Melvin Gordon goes for a 2-yard run. Next play, Driscoll goes for a 7-yard pass to Tim Patrick. Next play, Driscoll goes up the middle for 2 yards. Next play, Driscoll goes incomplete uh, to Jerry Judy. Missed him. Next play, Gordon goes for negative uh, for negative yards, only a yard. He got stuffed at the line. Next play, Driscoll goes incomplete uh, for Tim Patrick, but there's a penalty on the field for pass interference, and that gives the Broncos 17 yards. So, next play, Driscoll goes for a beautiful deep pass to Noah Fant for 22 yards. It was looked at by uh, the officials, and it was ruled a catch. And it was uh, actually the rule was upheld. Let me rephrase that. So the ruling on the field stands that it is a beautiful 22-yard pass. I mean, it's no offense. That man can catch almost anything. So next play, Driscoll goes for a five-yard pass to Deshaun Hamilton. On second and five, Gordon goes for a three-yard run. On third and second, Driscoll goes for an incomplete pass to KJ Hamler. And this is the play where we needed just two yards for a conversion and unfortunately Driscoll just gets sacked for negative 11 yards I I don't from my view it looked like he was staring the the blitzer and he just couldn't get rid of it I, I don't know I saw two guys wide open I don't know what Driscoll was looking at I don't know if he was trying to get greedy and look in the end zone I don't know so Steelers take over on on, uh, on downs. And in the first play, Connor goes for a five-yard run. Uh, uh, Broncos call a timeout. But in the very next play, Connor goes for 59 yards. He breaks towards the right. He literally goes around the entire defense. And he gets taken down by Ojemudia. And then Connor goes for a uh, negative, uh, I'm sorry, for a four-yard run. And that just that's pretty much the game. And, you know, Connor goes again, but he doesn't get any gain after that. Then Roethlisberger takes a knee, and that's the end of the game. So, sorry if that whole thing was boring, but I just felt that in these breakdowns that we kind of go over play-by-play how the team played. So, if you were paying attention, you'd notice that in that second half, the Broncos actually showed, you know, a sign or a hint of fate that they can come back and be that team. Now, going forward, Broncos country, you have to realize that this is probably going to be a lingering issue in terms of injuries, especially if the Broncos coaching staff kind of rush these players back on the field. And by players, I mean, you know, like Von Miller or uh, Drew Locke at that. But, you know, living in a world of suck, if I can bring back a phrase from last year, I mean, even though it, it sucks being in that world at the moment, it, it's, it was really nice to see that, you know, that light towards the end of the, the, the tunnel or the season, I guess you could say, where, you know, Julak came in and, you know, he lit, the, he lit teams up. And aside from the loss in Kansas City, every other team he, you know, he beat. And even though some of them were close or real nail biters, they were still wins. My point is, is that this team can still win. Okay. That defense is still really good. Okay, this is a defense that kept Tannehill at bay and almost got almost won us a game. And this was also a defense that kept Big Ben and his offense to almost 20, what was it, 26 points? I think it was. So there, there may not be another defense in the AFC that can keep Roethlisberger that much in check the entire season, I want to say. Especially when when they have you know guys like Juju Smith and uh, James Conner at the helm, and you know to a lesser extent Eric Ebron. But the the main the the heart of that team is the defense, and you know all that they spent uh, you know building that defense. So uh, you know kudos to them on you know being a, a more more than likely a future playoff team, and you know what what they can achieve there, but. 
Anyway, my only other issue with the, the game was just the, I don't know what it is about why they keep starting Elijah Wilkinson. The turnstile. Why is this man still in this fucking game? Whatever, whatever reason is, whatever the reason is for why he's still in the game is probably the exact same reason as to why Nick Vanette is still in this, in this fucking game. And it, it, to me, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like, does, does he have dirt on somebody where if they don't play him, he's going to rat or, or, you know, what the, what the fuck is going on? Why, why is this man? still in this line who sees faith in this guy Uh, because I don't and even though on that play where Drew Locke got hurt even though Wilkinson wasn't the one who was 100% at fault I would at least put 50% on that blame on him because he gave up his guy which pressured Drew Locke to scramble so I, I, I just have to say that I don't know what's. I don't know if Dotson has an injury or or if he's worse than than Wilkinson. That's why they're not starting him. Sorry, I had to get a drink of water. But there's something going on that the staff is probably not telling us about. Or I, I mean, because at this point, I'm just I, I don't know. I I don't know. You know the. Should we go back and start hating on Juwan James for not deciding to play? Do we really want to be those type of people? Or do... I I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I've been racking my brain trying to figure it out. Why Wilkinson keeps getting reps. And it's kind of scary when you think that this is a guy that they're... That the only way we're going to see Dotson basically is if we start hoping that Wilkinson gets hurt. That seems to be the only way that we're going to see Dotson start at right tackle. And I I really don't want to do that. I don't want to wish an injury on anybody wearing our orange and blue. But I'm starting to think that if that man gets hurt for any reason... Instead of people booing, instead of people worrying in Broncos country, there's going to be people cheering and celebrating and saying it's about fucking time. <laughs> um, but the to recap the Steelers game, I I was actually pretty surprised because I was probably one of the few thinking, oh my god, the Steelers are going to blow us the fuck out. You know, Roethlisberger is going to just run amok or throw you know Hail Marys all over the fucking place especially watching Ojemudia the rookie getting burned twice but the defense kept us in the game the offense put up two touchdowns and the Broncos only lost by five so that to me that shows initiative it shows promise from this offense going forward and as far as I'm concerned folks this is this could be the best it may get because like I said uh, a few minutes ago the one thing I don't want the coaching staff to do is to rush Drew Locke out there you know get and put him out there before he's ready and we we just lost Cortland Sutton so this offense is you know going out on a limb trying to to be that relevance you know and not always depending on the defense to me, the defense is, is still solid. I mean, I know Ojemudia had his, his bad day, but it, it could have been worse. And you have to remember, we don't have A.J. Bouye yet. He'll be back later on in the uh, in the year. So you, you guys just have to be content with what we have because worst case scenario, we could be looking at second or third starters by the end of the season. And that could be a really, really good chance of being a reality, especially seeing as how many, think about how many players got injured this week. Just think about that and think, and if you can think back towards any time in your life, since you've been a football fan, if you can ever remember a time where that many star players got hurt in one 
week. Not in a not in a span of a season. In one fucking week. And unfortunately, I know the Raiders have some they had some injuries from their this past Monday night, but I don't think none of them are that significant. I know the Chiefs have had some injuries, but none of them have been that significant. And I know the Chargers, aside from Derwin James being lost for the season, they've also dealt with some injuries of themselves uh, with Tyrod Taylor. But none of them seem to be that significant where it can affect their um, their their play calling or play abilities or their team in general. Only the Broncos, the only team in this division, is the only team that has lost so many players and we've lost some to for the season and we've lost some for a couple of weeks and that sucks because as this team is trying to find their identity and trying to empower themselves it seems that every time the broncos reach up to you know to grab the next rung in a ladder they slip and fall two rungs down because of an injury because of bad coaching because of dropped passes because of interceptions because of some type of bullshit so we as fans as listeners as you listen to the sound of my voice you have to rally behind this team because whether it's driscoll now and lock later or you know lock now and driscoll later or even bortles later whoever is under center whoever is getting the ball snapped to Whoever's still on this team by the end of the season, they need your support. They need to know that you have faith in them and that you are not going to go around social media saying tank for Trevor Lawrence or this season's fucking over or, you know, it doesn't matter if they're playing a a team like the Steelers or a shitty team like the Jets, that you guys have faith in this team where they can win. They can win. They can do it. They if if shit happens during the game that they can come back and get that win because let me tell you something if you're not with this team when they're going through their worst don't you fucking dare come around when this team is at their best and i i I know i've said that before maybe not on this podcast but i know i've said that before to a couple of other people because i am sick and tired of going on social media and seeing people just badmouth this team and some people are just straight up talking out of their ass and they think that just because we're all Broncos fans that we're supposed to agree with it. No. Bullshit. Please support this team. Support the players. Support the coaching staff. Let them know that you are behind them. And even if the season does not pan out as as we thought it was a couple months ago, we do not lose faith and that we will come back stronger should we not get to our achievement or our hopes but it's still early in the season folks yes the broncos are 0-2 but they've come back from much worse okay and like i said if you're not with this team when they're at their worst do not show your fucking face when they're at their best so with that said that's going to do it for today's podcast I want to thank all you guys for sticking around and listening. Um, I know this this um, breakdown was a little bit more informative than than the last one was, but I kind of figured I'm trying something out. Uh, Hopefully you guys like it. If you do or you didn't, uh, you can let me know an email. Uh, I have an email set up just for uh, this podcast. It's Broncos Talk 2020 at gmail.com you can uh, you know email me your ideas or any suggestions or comments you have about the show you can also follow me on twitter social media at a six foot ten mexican that's the number six ft one zero mexican first letter a all together on twitter and you can also catch me with my good friends christy glenn and even mundungus on the Mile High Roundtable podcast, where I also bring us um, my own set of ideas as well as we uh, congregate and we talk about uh, the past, uh, the, the past game, and we t- um, just kind of get an idea of where the team is at the moment, how we can improve, how we can better ourselves, and what we're looking towards in the future for the next game. 
So if you guys haven't checked that out, make sure you go check us out. Give us a like on YouTube. Uh, we're on we're on we're on Twitter, and you know check out the show. We broadcast live every Thursday at uh, shit. I hope I don't get this wrong. Uh, five o'clock Central Time. So um, I might be wrong. I think it's five o'clock Central Time. Uh, you can check on on our page for all broadcasting times and for any updates. So. Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting the show. I really do uh, care about you guys. And hopefully the next time we come to you for the next breakdown, we will break down a win. So with that said, good night, listeners and citizens of Broncos country.